1: And look, I don't want Joe Biden to fail. I'm an American. I don't want anybody to fail. I want to see this country succeed.
0: But right right now you're paying the price.
1: I didn't vote for him, but I'm paying the price. It wouldn't have mattered. If this would have happened under President Trump, exactly what's happening right now, I'd still be saying the same exact thing. And I would be calling for their action, even if it was who I voted for. It doesn't... That's not... It's not who I... I'm able to separate politics and but this But this,
0: this isn't politics. This, this isn't this politics. Is, this is human traffic. Come
1: out and tell me right, right.
0: that there's nobody coming that, through the That isn't car. politics. That's not politics. And I want to emphasize, is not politics. the wall
1: is not right here. Yeah. The wall, there is no wall, but where the border is, is 60 to 70 miles yeah. that way.
0: When the legacy-lying media won't tell you the truth about what happens to America, you grab your producer, a camera, and you accept the invite to go and see what's going on under the Biden regime regime with open borders. That was me. Uh, The camera was being held by Mr. G, by Jeff, at least two years ago. That was in Arizona, and we were shown... What it means not to have borders by the sheriff of Pinal County, who is really the perfect guest for the manhood hour. Sheriff Mark Lamb, welcome to America First.
1: Uh, Thank you, Sebastian. I appreciate it. And I love this idea of the manhood hour. We need more of that in this country, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, we've been doing it. How many, Eric, how many have we had of these? Maybe 40, 50 guests? I think at least 50 now, yeah, as well as a couple of repeat guests. Yeah, wow. so we've been doing this for about a year now, and we're so glad to get you on here. This is where we discuss the assault on classic uh, virtues of masculinity and manhood and what we can do about it. We'll talk about your job today and what's happened in the last three years. Um, this isn't really about politics, but it's about somebody who's prepared to step into the arena always, and you definitely have, because... Your your path to being the sheriff of your county was quite unusual. So for those who haven't uh, met you before, haven't caught you on the show before, first follow this man at sheriff lamb one on Twitter and tell us um, the potted version of your life story and your path to sheriff of Pinal County.
1: Look, I grew up in a lot of different places, born and raised on the Big Island in Hawaii lived in the Philippines, lived in Panama, Argentina, um, went to high school in Arizona. This is where my dad was from. And look, I was a businessman. I don't come from a long line of police officers. As a matter of fact, nobody in my family is a police officer. I was a businessman. I was 33 years old, and one of my neighbors convinced me to go on a ride-along. I went on one ride-along out there armed with a flashlight and courage that night. And uh, we had some cases where there some things that happened that night that I went home that morning, woke my wife up and said, I'm going to be a cop. And uh, parlayed that into running for sheriff because I didn't like what was going on under Biden and uh, Obama. I thought they were undermining the rule of law. And so instead of just complaining about it, I thought I'd be a man about it and uh, do something about it. And so I ran for sheriff and was fortunate enough to win and uh, have been uh, elected twice now, I've been the sheriff now for seven years in Pinal County, which is located between Phoenix and Tucson.
0: And talk to us about that night, that ride-along, and what it was that made you snap and tell your wife, all right, I'm going to change my life and my career completely.
1: Look, I've always been somebody who, who, who likes manly things. I like guns. I like all that stuff. But jiu-jitsu, MMA, um, we had a call where a dad had found a 20-year-old with his 14-year-old daughter. They got into a little scuffle. The the, the guy runs out the back. Um, we show up, and we're out looking for this guy he was on an Indian reservation. So there was a lot of desert area behind this house, and there was an old abandoned travel trailer. And so I'm out there armed with a flashlight and courage, and, and I look in this window, and amongst all the trash and debris and clothes, I see what I think is a quarter size of skin. And so I say to these guys, hey, I think he's right here. And they go in there, and sure enough, they rough, rustle him up. He's there. They pull him out, pays him, put him in cuffs. And uh, I was hooked. I went home that morning and told my wife, hey, I'm going to be a cop. Six months later, I was in the academy and on my way in this career that I've loved, that I believe is the backbone of America, which is why the founding fathers made this the first charge of the Constitution in the very preamble when they said that they were establishing justice so that we could have a more perfect union. So how old
0: How old were you, Sheriff Lamb, when you uh, went to the Cop Academy? I was 34 years old when I went to the Academy. And what have the last few years been like? Have they lived up to your expectations? Have they shocked you? What, it's, what is it like to change uh, your career path so suddenly?
1: You know, I loved it. It was good. I had five kids, so obviously insurance going from being self-employed to, to all of a sudden having insurance and paid holidays – that was uh, something my wife really liked. But, you know, it wasn't enough for me. I wanted to make a difference. I felt like that, that leadership and law enforcement was really lacking, strong leadership, people who stuck to their values and believed in the Constitution and freedom at all costs. And so I felt that compelling to run. And I ran at the same time that President Trump ran the first time. And I fully expected that that would be Hillary Clinton that I would be dealing with while I was in my, my first term as a sheriff. And I thought it would be a rocky road. Uh, but much to my surprise at 3 a.m. in the morning here, at Arizona time, we saw that uh, uh, that wasn't the case, that President Trump was victorious. And uh, we got a stay of execution. And we had four years where we could really work with our federal government, to understand what it meant to have a good federal partner, work to secure our border, work to reduce crime across this country. And uh, we really enjoyed it. That all changed January 1st, 2021. I know where this isn't a political show, but that has shifted it. Now, my second term has been a much more turbulent in the sense of undermining the rule of law, us trying to maintain that in our county. We've still managed to reduce crime, the crime index in our county, but we're really struggling with this border issue.
0: Well, let's... Um... Let's broaden the aperture. Let's look at the big issues that, that we tackle here on The Manhood Hour. And and maybe we're too close to the political insanity here in Washington, D.C., whether it's, you know, the transgenderism, the wokeification, the critical race theory. But, but maybe not. Maybe it's a problem everywhere. Uh, maybe in Arizona, maybe in Texas as well. Give us your estimation of how grievous the assault is on the values that, that – classical men hold, that people who are prepared to put on a badge and a gun, the manly virtues. How, how bad is the assault? Is it just in the, the big cities where Democrats run things, or is it a broader problem?
1: This is a broader problem. However, we're not as impacted because we still live in rural areas where kids have to go out and work and, and put their hands in the earth, and, and, and we still have fist fights here and there where kids learn how to not learn what to say and what not to say. Um, But I thought it was so important that a few years ago, I wrote a book called American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World, because I was so discouraged by just how this society and media and everything was trying to take the teeth and the claws out of the average man in this country. They don't want lions roaming around. They want sheep. They want people that are easily manipulated. And uh, uh, men like myself, strong men, are a threat to our society, uh, according to them. And it's the exact opposite. Um, having strength amongst our, our, our men in this country is what really gives us, what makes America America. It's why we've been so dominant for the last 200 years. Um, and we're losing that in this country because they want to take that away from us.
0: The book is American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World. Get it today. This is The Manhood Hour coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. If you enjoy our deep dive, our thematic long-form interviews with real newsmakers like the sheriff and and true experts, make sure you never, ever miss an episode. It's so easy to do. You just go to whichever uh, platform you prefer for podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Salem, Apple Podcast Stitcher. Plug in my name, is Sebastian Gorker America First. Never miss an episode. Leave us a five-star review and please do share the links with your friends. If um, if you've been following our daily coverage on the war in Israel and you're asking yourself, Is there anything I can do? Well, there is. We know Israel will do what needs to be done under the leadership of combatant commander, former soldier Bibi Netanyahu, but you right now can help those who are suffering in Israel. There's an amazing place called the Benai Zion Health Center. And if you go to healthcareforisrael.org slash donate, you can donate to save the lives of those who are suffering now. You've already got together more than $300,000 for machines, for health equipment, for medicines, and you have saved lives already. If you'd like to do so again, or if you haven't yet donated, please go right now to healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. That's healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. Back here in America, if you've had it with the political persecution of the 45th President of the United States, who God willing, if we do our part, will be the 47th, then you could put this yard sign in front of your home. It's his booking photograph from Atlanta. I hate the phrase mug shot we've put it on a t-shirt we've put it on a mug with a very simple phrase trump 2024 get yours today at sebgorkastore.com that's s e b g o r k a sebgorkastore.com and more important than that please support the president directly at donaldjtrump.com that's donaldjtrump.com whether it's the regular hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot. I love them all. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan, and I'm Sebastian (laughs) Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro-compact in the world. Available in standard or optics-ready configurations, the class-leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus 1 with the standard magazine and 13 plus 1 with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. We have exactly a year left till the election. Are you fighting fit? Are you at the top of your game? You can't be if you're carrying, what shall I say, a bit of excess luggage, a spare tire around the middle. If you've tried to lose weight and failed, I had for about 20 years until I met Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team at my PhD weight loss where I lost 42 pounds in just a matter of months. My wife lost 36. Our colleague Mike Gallagher lost 53. Look, he needed to lose more than everybody else, but I salute him. 53 pounds is impressive. Uh, no stupid pills to pop, no calorie counting, no starvation diet, just five meals a day that help you burn the fat. If I can do it with my sweet tooth, anyone can. Call today, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. That just the before and after pictures should tell you everything you need to know. 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com sheriff lamb uh, your your journey is quite a stunning journey um we'll talk about your latest decision at, at the end of our hour um when you decided to live this life to stand up for others protect the vulnerable put on a badge put on a gun who was your role model where did you learn your masculine values from
1: well obviously my dad my dad raised us to be tough you know we grew up in Hawaii where Fist fights was a normal thing. We grew up in the Philippines, where you're, you know, you're a minority there. Um, grew up in Panama. I was 17 years old when when uh, the United States invaded Panama, and I was forced to hold a gun outside of our apartment building uh, at 17 years old to keep the dignity battalion and the the, uh, the thieves from coming into our building. And uh, you know, you just learn at a young age. It was a different day and age back then. I think it was admirable to be tough to be to raise your children to be tough and resilient. And uh, I I attribute a lot of that to my dad. But I also am a very admirer of of anybody who sacrifices, the founding fathers, the military, the law enforcement. I'm just a huge admirer of anybody who is willing to test their limits and who is willing to, uh, to, to, to show just how tough they are to protect what they love. And for me, that is God, family, freedom in this country. And I'll do whatever I can to protect it.
0: And would you describe, would you give us some of the words, the adjectives um, that that help us understand what those values are? So when you think of your father, what are the words that are essential when you think of his uh, manly virtues?
1: Oh, he was just tough. My dad was tough. He was uh, a man's man. Um, he didn't back down from anybody. No fight was too big. And uh, he was resilient. He taught us to be just Uh, no matter what the odds are against you to be tough and resilient and to push forward. And there was no excuses. You know, my dad would ask us, Hey, go do this. You didn't have, you didn't get the luxury of saying, well, dad, how do I do that? You, he wanted you to figure it out. And if you asked him that that incurred more wrath. So we just learned to figure things out to just test our abilities to learn things on uh, through trial and error. Um, But if, if you're talking about it, I think it's toughness and focus and, discipline and resiliency.
0: And when you look at the last 20, 30, 40 years, where do you think we lost our way as a civilization, as a culture that today we have these phrases like toxic masculinity? Where where do you see that all beginning? And where's the epicenter of it? What's the problem? Is it Hollywood? Is it the schools? What, what do you think is the correct diagnosis?
1: Well, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think, you know, Saul Alinsky's in the Rules for Radicals talks a lot about this. And and uh, you've got uh, the the media, which has been very concerted in, in changing uh, Hollywood. Um, I think uh, schools definitely has been one of the breeding grounds for for softer and, and more docile men in this country. And uh, that's a little disappointing because right now, more than ever, with what's going on in the world, we need strong men that will stand guard and willing to do. To carry a gun, for that matter, we need strong women too. But look, it's historically men are are equipped. We're physically um, uh, made for being able to protect our families, to protect our communities, and uh, I believe wholeheartedly in that. And I've had five kids, four boys, and I've done the best I can to raise them with that same toughness, that same discipline, and 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 resiliency and mentality to to be uh, to not be afraid to be strong men.
0: And what is the minimum curriculum when you say you look at your, your sons? If we're, if we're taking, you know, 10-year-old, 12-year-old boys, what is it? You said it was a bit of rough and tumble when you were growing up in Hawaii. What are the things that we need to instill and what do we need to get them to do to set them off on the right path?
1: We've got to let them fail. We gotta let these guys figure out what hurts and what doesn't hurt. You know, that's how we figured it out as kids. Jump off the back patio and you hurt, your your knee slams into your face. You know, you realize, hey, I probably shouldn't do that. Or you say the wrong thing to somebody and they punch you right in the mouth. You learn that way. You know, we have just taken away the learning curve for our children. And uh, I think it starts much earlier than that, much earlier than ten. I think this starts at, you know, Birth, I think you've got to have a strong person in the home and uh, and be that strong person. And and there's going to be some discipline that comes with that for your children. And also just having the the guts to just let your children learn and fail. Um, I think that's what makes productive citizens in this country and makes successful people.
0: In an era where every child gets an award, why is it important to fail? Unpack that for us.
1: Look, I hate that everybody gets an award. I, you know, I remember one time we all were all playing softball, my cousins and I, and my uh, uncle was cut from the same cloth as my dad, and we came in second place, and we were all happy because they gave us T-shirts. <laughs> and I remember him saying, we're grown men. We were grown men. And he says to us, you might as well just throw those T-shirts in the trash. You guys didn't win. And it was just a reminder to the fact that, There is winners and losers in this life, you know? And I have always kept that mantra with me that winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. And I've tried to teach my children that. If you want something, go get it. Don't worry about what other people say. Don't worry about the critics. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Be a winner, go focus on winning.
0: Focus on winning. Uh, there is only one winning, one pole position, and that's the one that we aim for. And when you don't get it, you uh, lick your wounds, you dust yourself off, and you go and start again. Uh, follow Sheriff Lamb at Sheriff Lamb One on social media. Don't forget to follow us on all the usual channels if you want regular updates. If you want the third hour on Twitter as well, we post it after the show every day. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian. Gorka on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Telegram. You can watch us. Yes, we are a televisual treat on your Roku or your Fire Stick device, or you can download the Salem News Channel app, or just go to SalemNewsChannel.com. And for unique content written by me and direct access to me, just check out our Substack. That's my whole name is one word. Sebastian com. That's Sebastian Gorka dot substack.com. and to guarantee you never miss any of our long form interview deep dives make sure you go to your favorite podcast platform plug in my name sebastian Gorka never ever miss an episode do it today and please do leave us a five star uh, five star rating as well Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? the end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at eight five five three two two gold That's eight five five three two two four six five three 322 4653 MidasGoldGroup.com. If you enjoy what we do for you here on America First, make sure you support those who make the show possible. Great patriots like Mike Lindell, friends of President Trump, the left truly, utterly wants to cancel him forever. Even the FBI have been harassing him. You heard him tell the story here on the show. He doesn't give up. He's celebrating 20 years of my pillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape, more than 81 million sold. He's got an amazing deal on the queen size right now. But did you know that Mike's got more than 200 other items on his website made by Americans in America for you? Ignore that Chinese tat on Amazon. Call up a real person. Support an American company. Use my name for up to 66% off the number, 800-829-8468. He's got all kinds of products from the MyPillow pet beds that my dogs, Killian and Leia, adore to the sheepskin line slippers I love and so much more. MyPillow.com or call up 800-829-8468, MyPillow.com. But you've got to use the secret code, G-O-R-K-A. Sheriff Lam, you talked about the importance of failure it's, it's not failure, but it is tragedy. And um, almost a year ago, you lost your uh, beautiful son, his fiance, and their one-year-old uh, daughter. So that's Cooper and Caroline. I-, I was shocked. I was stunned, not by the horror of, of them um, dying as a result of that. I think it was a DUI driver that hit them, but the fortitude... Of you, your wife, Janelle, and and just the video you posted within a day or two afterwards. Can you walk us through what allowed you to do that? It it is the the most awful thing a parent can experience. They should never have to experience. Can you explain how, especially you and your wife, did what you did, Sheriff?
1: Yeah, that was tough. And for those of you who don't know, on December 16th of this last year, um, we were preparing for Christmas. My wife had been wrapping presents. I had been out with dinner, at a dinner with somebody, um, was getting ready for a ride along the next day, was doing my normal stuff. And we got a knock at the door at 8.30 at night. The accident actually happened about 3.45 in the afternoon. We didn't get the knock at the door until 8.30 at night. And it was the sheriff from the neighboring county, my two chiefs, and um, two guys from Gilbert PD. Opened the door, looked at their faces, and immediately knew something wasn't uh, wasn't right. And uh, one of my chiefs, who's known me for a long time, knows my kids and known them since they were little. Uh, he just all he could say was, "Cooper and the baby are dead," and um, changes your world like that. You know, you lose somebody in the blink of an eye, and it reminds you that there is no guarantee for tomorrow, and that the only thing we take with us is what we do in this life. And we were rocked. You know, um, I would say how we got through it, our faith in God, you know, that video you're talking about, we did it a few days later because we had so many people reaching out so many prayers, which we're so grateful for. We didn't rehearse that video. And that was one take we didn't do. We didn't even talk about what we were going to talk about. Everything you see in that video was just straight from our, from our heart and our, and just how we felt at the time. And, uh, we posted that video and, you know, we had a decision to make. One of the things that I tell people all the time, and I talk to youth, I have a youth redirection program, I do, and I tell them three different things. But one of the things is, and the most important thing is, surrender the outcome. And I've been preaching that for a long time, is there's only things we can control. is our attitude and our work output. Everything outside, obviously, is outside of our control. And this was one of those moments. And... Um, My wife and I had to dig down deep. I run an agency with 600 employees. I have a community. um, When they see the leader fall in the front, they were looking to see what you do. And uh, my wife and I, through faith and through prayers of others and through just sheer determination to keep going and to be the leader that people expect me to be, we pulled ourselves up off the ground and we marched forward and uh, we continue to do so. The grief is there but um, you know, Rudyard Kipling has a poem and I wrote about it in my second book, which is American Sheriff uh, Rules to Live By, based on the poem by Rudyard Kipling, If, and I tell stanzas of, for the, I tell stories of sacrifice, courage, determination um, for the different stanzas of the poem. But one part of it says, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. And that is how I have always looked at life. Triumph and disaster are both imposters. They are merely life experiences, and what we get out of them is based on our attitude and how we perceive them.
0: Yeah, yeah, truly stunning. What was your granddaughter's name, Sheriff?
1: Elaine.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Cooper, Elaine, and Caroline.
0: So uh, I want all of our millions of listeners to keep uh, Cooper, Caroline, and Elaine's Uh, souls uh, in your prayers keep their memories alive and please uh, keep the sheriff and his wife in your prayers as well Uh, incredible fortitude and and i think we have the title for this uh, hour of the manhood uh, hour it's surrender the outcome perfectly put sir perfectly put we all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older But it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her Relief Factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back, pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pain, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call one 800 for relief It all comes with a feel better or your money back guarantee. That number, 1-800, the number for relief, relieffactor.com on this my pillows 20 year anniversary with over 80 million my pillows sold mike lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their my pillows you will receive a Queen size My Pillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king size. You will receive deep discounts on all My Pillow products, such as bed sheets mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code GORKA to receive this amazing offer on the Queen size My Pillow for $19.98, or call 800 829 847. Six eight. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. One of the things that uh, I – it was a moment – you know, Sheriff, there are these moments when when you realize that your progeny – your uh, children are wiser than you are, and um, I was talking to my son, who, of course, is bigger, taller, more handsome, stronger, faster than me. He's like six foot six, and he's a former D one athlete. And he said to me one day, "Dad," and we we're just you know chatting over cigars. He said, "One of the greatest things you did for us as children is to treat, teach us the importance of boundaries." that, you know, you enforced boundaries and so that we understood the importance of those boundaries. One of those boundaries, I think, is when violence is needed and appropriate and when it isn't. I think that's one of the greatest things we can teach to a young man, to to our, our children, and also that really a man is measured by his willingness to always protect the vulnerable. I'd like you to talk about that in your job. You clearly know how to apply violence. My ears are still ringing from a couple of years ago when he (laughs) said to me, the only thing I'm afraid of is snakes. I'm not afraid of any man. And the last thing we did after a day of ride-alongs, you know, finding the evidence of the, the coyotes and the smugglers is we're walking in the desert, and then suddenly he's like... 10 feet in front of me and Jeff, and boom! And there's this this loud report from a 10-inch AR-15 that he fires because he sees a rattler come out of the ground. I don't know how you hit it so accurately with one shot, but you didn't have a (laughs) suppressor on your rifle. I I think you do now. So you know how to use violence. But will you talk to us about, I mean, just the concept of stopping the smugglers – it's, it's not about the law. Of course, ostensibly, it's about the law and sovereignty. But really what you're doing is you're protecting the most vulnerable, which isn't even the American people who may be the victims of criminals coming into America, but the poor people who are being smuggled in. Would you talk to us about why that's a measure of a man?
1: Yeah, look, my nickname is the war machine. I don't get that because, look, I smile a lot. I'm a meek person. Uh, but I believe what Jordan Peterson says, I think he has a great quote about meekness. He says, a lot of people mistake meekness for weakness, when really what meekness is, is being a man who, who has a sword, who knows how to use it, but keeps it sheathed unless he has to. And, you know, uh, you talk about teaching your kids. One of my sons, when he, my oldest, was a good kid, a good-hearted kid. And he came home and he was crying. He was talking about being bullied at school. And um, it had gone on for a little bit. And finally I said, Hey, I'm done with this. I don't let people treat me like that. And I don't expect you to let people treat you like that either. If they are uh, passing that boundary, then you know what you need to do. You need to punch them right in the face, put them right in the, put a punch right in the nose and see what happens. And uh, sure enough, like within a day or two, he was at, uh, we got a call from the school and uh, those kids tripped him at lunch and, his only problem was he didn't do it right then. He waited till after school, went up to the basketball court, got to get on the shoulder, and bam, you know, popped him right in the nose. And uh, that was it, you know, but problem solved. And and he learned a valuable lesson at that point. My son is no bully, but my son is definitely a lion. He will, uh, you know, he served in the 82nd Airborne. He's very proficient in guns. He fought at his age, at his weight class of 205 for his battalion in the All-American Games, for the Army in that area at Fort Bragg. So he is a tough, tough kid, as are my other kids. Um, And they know where those boundaries are. And I think that is very important, like you mentioned, to teach your children those boundaries. That violence, while we don't encourage it, it is you should be capable of it. I just did an interview for a new guy yesterday, and I said, hey, have you ever been in a fight? He says, well, no, no. And I said, have you ever been punched in the face? And he's like, no. And I said, well, this job, it, this is not only a, a probability, it's a reality. Yeah. And uh, what? And I asked him, I said, do you practice jiu-jitsu or anything? And he says, no. And, I, and he goes, should I? And I go, yes. I said, you should absolutely be prepared and capable of violence should you need to, to use it. And um, I think that that is what keeps my community safe, is the bad guys know that me and my agency are prepared and capable of using violence, uh, if need be, to protect our citizens.
0: Yeah, it's. um, (laughs) I can can remember the first punch to the face, to the nose I ever experienced. I think I was 16 years old. It was um, in front of the whole school, a guy um, insulted my mother. And so we had to have a fight at like four o'clock in front of the whole school. And it was, um, yeah, a punch to the head. That's a reality check, and of course, uh, I did about four years of judo as well, just so you get uh, you get the essentials down. Uh, I think uh, Jordan Peterson calls about says about it being the importance of being a dangerous man, not dangerous the whole time, but the ability to be dangerous when called upon. Let, let's talk a little bit about our, our visit to uh, your neck of the woods. Uh, well, let's talk about suffering and vulnerability. Without any politics, what what we are seeing at the border is mass exploitation of women and children and the innocent. Correct, Sheriff Lamb?
1: Absolutely. Look, these cartels are taking advantage of them. They're extorting the men, raping the women, using children as pawns and raping the children. Um, we know that there's a lot of children that have actually been turned back over to the same cartels that traffic the men, whether they're being used for hard labor or in the sex trade. Is we you know we we know that's part of it, um, and then there's they're leaving people for dead in the desert. They 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 charge them exorbitant amounts of money. They treat them horribly. These people are are just there is no value for human life yeah. amongst the cartels. Yeah. And then there's no value for human life when they bring fentanyl poisonies into the home of American uh, civilians.
0: Yeah, it is um, it is truly horrifying that we are seeing. The largest scale human trafficking in our history. Um, It is absolutely millions and millions of people in the space of just uh, three years or less than three years. Uh, Please check out Sheriff Lamb's books. Uh, You can follow them. It's American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World, and also American Sheriff Rules to Live By, as well as uh, his social media account. Follow him right now, at Sheriff Lamb. This is America First. The Manhood Hour. Make sure you are following us on all the social media outlets. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka. On the usual places, uh, Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, a Telegram. You can watch us if you just download the Salem News Channel app. And for content written by me in exclusive access to me, just go to my Substack. That's sebastiangorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. as one word, sebastiangorka.substack.com. Dear friends, if you own a cell phone, please tell me it is not connected to the big cell phone providers. Because they're part of the problem, too. They hate America as well. They're woke. There's only one Christian conservative cell phone company. It's the one I use. They've been around for 10 years, and they're on your side. They have the same nationwide coverage as the big companies, but they're conservatives. Glenn and his team are superb. They've donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to causes you believe in, the sanctity of life, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. Switch today. Send the left a message about your support for free speech and the founding principles of this nation. You can keep your old number, you can keep your old phone, or you can get an upgrade. Free activation with my name. Extra discounts for veterans and first responders. Call them today. 972-PATRIOT or go to patriotmobile.com slash Gorka. That's 972-728-7468 patriotmobile.com slash G-O-R-K-A. Uh, last few minutes we have with you, Sheriff Flam. Uh, let me ask you the, the question I ask all of our guests here on, on the Manhood Hour. When you look at the last few years, the assault on masculinity, you look at the response by so many Americans to the COVID lockdowns where we just took it, we shut down our businesses, we pulled our kids out of the school. Uh, are you short or long on America? Are you optimistic? Do you think the average American uh, or the average male has the co- courage necessary to save our nation
1: well yes and no i think that this um we're we're destined for some harder times. i think that the weak men have created very hard times for us and um you're going to see a rise in hard men to, to get us back to yeah. those better times um, but i do i am optimistic in america because i believe this is god's country i believe that that the constitution has his stamp of approval on it and while the, the, the Washington, D.C.'s, the bureaucrats, the elites of this country have driven it uh, towards the cliff, I think that America is redeemable. It is still the greatest country in the world, even with all of our faults, because we have freedom. There is no other place to go find it. This is the Alamo of freedom. That's why more than 250,000 plus people risk their lives and their fortunes to have what we have been given from those who have sacrificed so much and so I am optimistic that those that American spirit will once again rear its head and we will save this country. Um, but I am unfortunately, I think we because of weak men in power um, and because of the, the amount of breeding of weak men we've done in this country, um, we may be uh, we may be uh, in, confronted with some harder times before we get to that point.
0: Well, I guess uh, keeping Pinal County safe and stopping the smugglers wasn't enough. Uh, you've decided to run for the Senate. The website is sherifflamforsenate.com In the last minute we've had, we have with you, Sheriff Mark Lamb, why are you doing this crazy thing? <laughs> That's a
1: great question. I ask myself that question every morning. It was not on my list of things to do. But I looked at what the problems were in this country, border, crime, economy, national security. And I see that I, you know, I have the experience to deal with these things, and it's not in my nature to stand on the corner and watch the building burn to the ground. So I'm here. I am. I'm running in, and I think uh, we need more people that are willing to to get into the swamp, uh, you know, like uh, we've seen other people do, and would be willing to fight it. So I'm in it because I felt compelled to do it, and it's because I'm a patriot who loves God, family, and freedom, and Arizona needs a proven conservative fighter.
0: God bless you. It's Sheriff Lamb dot com and his social media account is sherifflamb one. We will be keeping Cooper, Caroline, and Baby Elaine in our prayers, you. and you and your wife Janelle. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to the Manhood Hour. Make sure you never miss an episode. Make sure you are subscribed to whichever podcast platform you uh, prefer, and don't forget to share the links with your friends. The more we get the truth out there the greater our opportunity to actually win every single battle. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in. And now, more than ever, stay frosty. Our fathers...
1: This is America First with Sebastian Gorka.
0: Welcome, dear friends. Happy Monday. This is America First with me, your host, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist and deputy to the 45th president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump, who right now is in a courtroom in New York standing trial on the most absurd fraud case you've ever heard, where no one was hurt and nobody made any complaint, and where he is accused of overvaluing his property when the judge is the person undervaluing it. Why? Well, because of the fact that he has the greatest shot to replace the current incumbent in the White House. Let's start with the latest poll from the New York Times, which, just like the last one, From ABC and Washington Poll, they probably tried to bury, but they couldn't. This is in the battleground states. These are in the most important states right now. If you look at Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, what do we have? We have crushing defeat in every single state except for Wisconsin. President Trump has an 11-point lead in Nevada. A six-point lead in Georgia. He has a five-point lead in Arizona. Michigan, five points. Pennsylvania, four points. Only one state, Wisconsin, does Biden have a plus-two lead. That's it. We are exactly 52 weeks away from the election. I ask you now, are you part of making sure we save the republic We have elections tomorrow in the great Commonwealth of Virginia. Every seat in the Senate, every seat in the House and more is open. We have elections in Pennsylvania this week, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Indiana, Mississippi. Have you voted early? Have you made plans to vote tomorrow? Are you taking others with you to the polling station? It is simply that simple. You must make sure that you go and you take as many people with you. Don't tell me your vote doesn't matter. It matters. Every vote in every state matters. Simply for one very just easy reason to comprehend. It's not just about the obvious GOP candidate or the upset candidate. I voted last week in Virginia, and there were... 11 other positions I was voting for, school board, chief of police, sheriff, you name it, those votes matter as well. No matter what the dominance of the party across the state, the local elections perhaps are even more important, a school board. How do they rip America away from us? Not with the presidency, not with the Senate, not with the House but local prosecutors, local school boards. So get engaged and make sure you have a plan this week to get yourself and everybody you can mobilize to the polling station. I'll be at my local polling station early tomorrow morning. I'll be one of the people meeting and greeting our voters, handing out sample ballots. Why? Because I was asked to do so and because I think it's part of my duty. The idea That you save America by voting every two years and maybe writing a check or donating online. No, that's not enough. Get engaged. Be part of the solution. Thank you uh, to my friend Bob France for filling in for me. On Friday, I had a whirlwind trip to California and back. Uh, I uh, was speaking to the California Republican Assembly. It was a superb event. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Katrina, and everybody else who made it possible. True patriots, grassroots patriots, incredible people. And I got to see Antoinette again in person. What an amazing night. Thank you, Bob. Let's talk about the breaking news. What else do we have for you? We have Obama signaling through his campaign manager, the former campaign manager, Axelrod, that Biden is not the man. They are already a year out signaling that he is a liability. He's He is an albatross around the neck of the party. We have the greatest show of racism for maybe 100 years with a huge, huge demonstration. Oh, maybe. Can we call it a riot? How about what happened in the weekend? The pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist demonstrators outside the White House, this is footage from the superb Andy No, who actually breached the fence, damaged the wall of the White House, painted graffiti on the White House fence and the walls of that barricade. But strangely, it's not an insurrection. According to the official Secret Service pronouncement after that violent, violent event at the weekend, one, one arrest was made. One arrest? Imagine if there'd been anyone wearing a red MAGA hat, scaling the fence, defacing the White House fence line would we be hearing incessant screeching on the mainstream media the washington post didn't even carry any news of this event in its whole a section as if as if it never as if we are living in that 1984 reality where the lead of the orwellian book winston has to memory hole things that are inconvenient in the ministry of truth It's inconvenient that there are people outside the White House who are Democrats, not one of those people voted for President Trump. You know that. They're wearing Palestinian terrorist headgear. They're screaming about the genocide committed by the Jewish state, the state that lost six million of its co-religionists, the people murdered in the Holocaust. But these are leftists. Therefore, they are allowed to scale the fences. They are allowed to endanger the people inside the White House. And of course, it all has to be memory hold. Obama gave the signal. On the podcast, which is run by his former flunkies from his administration, he said this listen, listen to his specific choice of words and tell me how he's not one of the pro-Hamas anti-Semites. Play the clip, Eric. That, that what Hamas did was horrific, and there's no justification for it. And what is also true is that the, the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is, is unbearable. It's true that what Hamas did is horrific, but it's also true that occupation, what occupation? Obama? How come you didn't use that phrase when you were the president? Is it because you hid your anti-Semitism? You can't have that statement, hold water. What, baby burning is horrific, but? What's what's the but? The Arabs? The Arabs? were offered a solution in 1947, a two-state solution. And they refused. They rejected it. Israel established, reestablished their nation, and they were instantly attacked by the Arab nations of the region. And then again, and again, and again, they gave the territory of Gaza, the West Bank, back to the Arabs, back to Jordan. And in fact, they pulled out of Gaza until Hamas took over. So who's occupying who exactly? Obama. We've only just begun. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. We have a great one-on-one for you today. Don't miss it. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And then, don't forget... If you've had it with political persecution, if you want to send a message to those who hate President Trump, get this yard sign, the T-shirt, the mug with the booking photograph from Atlanta and a very simple phrase, Trump 2024. Get yours today, sebgorkusstore.com, and support the president directly at DonaldJTrump.com.